All right, everybody, welcome back to Chasing Function. This is Kai. And this is Noah. And we got another reel. Another reel. reel. Uh, so it seems like the feedback is going well with the reels. People seem to like it. And frankly, it makes life way easier on us uh, because we, we're out of content. So we are going to do another reel for you today. One that stood out to us. One of the many that Kai and I send back and forth. <laughs> uh, you want to play that DJ? DJ, play that. A lot of people feel they're burnt out because they're doing too much. I think you're doing too little of the things that make you feel alive. Mm. You're doing too little of the things that really matter in your life. A lot of people feel they're burnt out because... Oh, that was a lot shorter than I thought. Replay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a good one. This is a yeah. really good one. So uh, we can go a lot of places with this. I think first and foremost, for me, I want to... Like, it just calls out to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think um, what got me into the world that I'm into now was that burnout right mm-hmm. was that just like i feel like ass like i'm living a life that doesn't work and i think jim carrey said it i think but he mm-hmm. said depression it's is your avatar saying it, no to the character that you're trying to play that's yeah. right right and so and that's kind of how i felt right like i woke up and i felt disingenuous i was doing a job that i didn't love at a place that i hated uh, i didn't like the person i was i didn't like the the man i represented i didn't like the father i was the husband i was like everything was wrong like mm-hmm. and it felt disingenuous and icky and so like when i hear a reel like this like what stands out to me is that just straight up change your life like don't be afraid to make changes and like do things differently and like you know they don't have to be aggressive mine took time right took me a few years to get where i am and really i mean realistically if you start from school to now i mean we're five six years into that process right has it been six years I think it's almost been six years, dude. Holy crap. Long time. So, I mean, it's been a minute, right? Mm-hmm. So, to me, like, that the the easiest thing that I hear from that reel is, like, make some changes that are fulfilling for you and make you happy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes, like, just before that, it's like, are you doing something that you can get behind? Like, really take a, take inventory of, like, what your life is like and if you're doing things that fulfill you and I think that's one of the things that I work a lot with my clients is like you know they they go to their sympathetic responses because they need that like um feel good mm-hmm. um that dopamine all that kind of stuff the, the other reel that we talked about so I ask them like okay well what do you like to do that you enjoy and they always have a hard time trying to like figure out like well I don't I don't really know and it goes back to like them trying to please other people before they please themselves but I think that um you know people pleasing can be one of those things that like fulfills you like the work that we do right but you also have to find things outside of that that brings that joy and brings that light um so like for me I love playing sports like golf basketball all things like that so We have a story about that. Look at this. <laughs> Freaking hands. Um, but yeah, and so like I, I enjoy doing that. Um, I enjoy doing puzzles sure. of all things. It like just calms my brain down because it's going a thousand miles per hour. Yeah. Um, but just being able to, I guess it's like a down-regulation thing, right? Like being, finding things that you can down-regulate so that you don't need the sympathetic fixes to get you up and then back down. Um, I think that's kind of the big thing from like a nervous system standpoint of what he's trying to say. But I also think 
it's hard for people to really find what they really want to do. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think to your point, like you, you just offered a lot of really great information. And, and one of the things that I think should be heard in what you said is that it doesn't have to be your identity around work, right? Like, yeah. like I can do a job that I have to do. I know I talk to a lot of dads out there uh, that will reach out to me that are really struggling because they're like, I have to do the job I'm doing to take care of my family, yeah. which I appreciate and understand. Like, not everybody has the opportunity to change their life, nor are they prepared to do so. Yeah. But to your point, finding things that you like to do exterior from that mm-hmm. that help support growth inside yourself, whether that be, I mean, I mean, the hobbies are really endless at that point, right? It can yeah. be working on cars, it can be playing with your kids, it can be whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is like, the thing that stands out to me and, and what you just said is that you're, you're talking about inventory, right? Mm-hmm. Taking self-inventory around your life and your perspective and what you're doing, right? And so is it fulfilling me to sit and play video games? And if it is, cool. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. Like, there's no judgment in terms of which direction you want to find fulfillment. Um, if it's watching movies, if it's, you know, puzzles, if it's, you know, playing golf. Like, there's so much here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as it's truly fulfilling, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's hard as a, as a human being to be truly selfish, yeah. right? And like we're so built around this selfless contribution to society thing. And that's not always the case, right? Sometimes it's okay to just be selfish and to circle around the things that you love. Yeah. And finding time and making time for those things and not feeling guilty about that, right? And I think that becomes difficult too. When we talked about trauma intersects in previous podcasts, this idea where like my trauma and your trauma match, I see a lot of times with partners, when one partner's finding fulfillment exterior from the other partner, there can be a lot of guilt around that, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm happy and she's not, or yeah. vice versa, mm-hmm. she's happy and he's not. And I think that can be problematic as well, right? Yeah. So it's it's hard to communicate boundaries around this evolution and growth and developmental portion of your life. and. I think that becomes important is less communication, boundaries, and just really assessing yourself and asking, are you happy, right? Mm-hmm. And then seeking people that can support and facilitate that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's one of the most important things um, from what you said was like, um, a lot of people will do things that they think are fulfilling, mm-hmm. but it's because other people told them 100%. to. hundred percent. So it's like, um, let's just talk about like marketing and advertising, right? Like go to the Bahamas, go do this, go do that. Like if you don't like those things, but you know, like that social pressure that you talked about, right? Like, oh, everyone else goes on vacation, so I need to go on vacations. But if you love staying at home and spending quality time with your family or spending quality time with friends, that should be enough, right? And I don't think it needs to be this extravagant thing that you can post on Instagram and make a reel and and put on TikTok and all that. It's just got to be genuine. And I think it has to come from you. Like, if you love knitting, go knit. Right. Like, and I think that, you know, within that, there's, like, very, very, uh, uh, what am I looking for? It's, It's just so tangled in, like, social construct versus shame versus like there's a lot of depth there yeah so it's it's really about i think to your point of finding someone that can facilitate that right because you need a different perspective to be able to be okay with like 
you're a dude and you like knitting and right. like just that alone the societal pressures right. around that it's like well you're a dude you should be going lifting weights and hunting and all that right. but if you love it go do it, do it and don't have shame around it don't right. have fear that people are going to judge you people <coughs> are going to judge you no matter what right. but just having to to face that like difficult uh, vulnerability of doing that right like we talked about referencing another podcast <laughs> going through the suck right? right like it's gonna suck being judged like for doing things that you love but if it's genuine like that those people that are shaming you have their own stuff that they're going through right so to to make it more nerdy right mm-hmm. like i think one of the things to consider here also is that like if you're living a disingenuous life you're constantly going to end up running into somatic errors, right? Yeah. Because your prediction, your observation are always going to be problematic. Mm-hmm. And so I think that to me is the other thing that stands out is like there's a true biological inefficiency around living your life in a disingenuous way because yeah. you wake up with a prediction mm-hmm. and your observation is never going to match that prediction, right? Yeah. And so it's always worse, right? And so we know that, that in terms of that equation – Prediction not matching observation is somatic error, which is anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. We talked, we've talked many times why people struggle with anxiety because they, they frankly don't know they have it and they don't right. know how to cope with it. Yeah. But if you're, if you're someone who's constantly compounding yourself with this anxiety, mm-hmm. you're also going to feel all kinds of certain ways along that lines as well, right? Yeah. And so like in the simplest factor is if I'm carrying and sustaining lots of anxiety, then I'm not going to downregulate. Yeah. Which means we're not going to find positive things in life, right? Like, yeah. thinking about it, right? When we get that flow state, that parasympathetic response state, that's where a lot of the good things happen. That's where we're task positive. That's where we're starting to have uh, positive social interaction. We're having quality digestion. We're having cellular regeneration, decrease in core body temperature, which is far more comforting. Mm-hmm. I mean, sweaty and icky and gross, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think the other thing to me is that, like, the genius around what was said in that that statement is that you know it's it's a literal biological problem yeah like it's literally an issue internally with the way your human functions and so continuing along that like ideal along wally right like Mm -hmm. we continue to live these these worlds that aren't human anymore yeah right like being under led lights and like having constant exposure um, to shitty food and like all that stuff is contributing to your identity which doesn't feel great yeah. and so I think that's the thing to think about as well I know people that listen to our podcast regularly like you'll hear you've heard these things before right this isn't new to you yeah. but the reality around this is that by understanding this disingenuine life we can start making changes we can start looking at it from that perspective of can I change my world can I change my perspective around my world or can I change how I feel about my world? And like, I think for me, and I'm overtly logical, which is problematic in so many ways, but for me, like, I literally look at it that way now. Like, that's my string of consciousness is like, okay, I know I had a somatic care. I know I have anxiety around somatic care. I'm gonna go do some nasal breathing cardio so that I can get rid of additional glucose and start to downregulate so I can get into a place where I can make a conscious decision around these things in a task positive way right so i can get rid of if we were to use the angel and devil on your shoulder i can quiet the devil a bit and let the angel kind of work right and that gives my consciousness a chance to process information 
from there, once I do that, I just take it straight into the scope of can I change my world? Can I change how I feel about it? Or can I change my perspective? And so like, you know, in my world right now, I'm moving cross country. I'm about to relocate entirely in a few days. Um, I've had a lot of emotions around that. And th- those emotions have been good and bad, yeah. right? And so I've had to do a really good job of trying to find center around that, which is really tough. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy task by any means, but finding the center using this pathway has made it much easier to, to, to deal with a lot of the things that come with relocating my life. Yeah. So. Can you speak to like how you develop that tool? Because I think that's valuable in just knowing that. Sure. Because I feel like a lot of people will just, this sucks, and they go back to their right. reactive way of de- uh, dealing with it right yeah, circular, but, and, of course. and they don't think it's a problem right like their anxiety trauma response is just normal right? yeah i think some of that is is rock you're hitting your rock bottom right mm-hmm. for me i i looked in the mirror and was like this is wrong and like i draw perspective around if i had to do this for the next 10 years use a number mm-hmm. year five yeah. years how would I feel? Mm-hmm. And for me, when I looked in the mirror, when I worked in mortgage, I said, okay, if I did this for 10 more years, what would my life look like? Yeah. Um, I certainly wouldn't have a good relationship with my kids. I certainly wouldn't have a good relationship with, unfortunately, now my ex-wife. I wouldn't have many friends left. Um, I probably would have fallen into the trap of being very materialistic because mm-hmm. there's a lot of money to be had in that industry. And frankly, like I didn't have a lot of time to spend it. So I can see why a lot of people that work in that industry shift their focus around materials. Mm-hmm. Cause what ends up happening is like, they don't have the opportunity to value experience because yeah. they don't have time for experience. Yeah. So waking up and getting a nice car to drive to work is the most experience they can get because mm-hmm. they're on the hustle, right? Yeah. So for me, when I started to think about those things, none of those felt like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I chose to have kids and in choosing to have kids, I chose, I'm choosing to be a good father. Yeah. Right. Like that's something I value. Um, all of these things for me become really important. And so when I started to evaluate that 10 year process, I mean, I kind of hit rock bottom. So those of you that know my story, um, know that I, I, I had an ugly transition, but I opted to make some real serious changes in a very creative way um, and problem solve in, in a way that worked for me. Finding industries I liked. Ironically, you know, I just recently had a conversation with PT again as as I'm relocating. I'm trying to figure out what my new identity is and what my new job is. And I was talking to a doctor of physical therapy, right? And he said, so what do you do? And I don't know where the hell it came from. And I just said, I, I, I really am great at transitionary care. And he's like, what is transitionary care? And so my response is like, well, I've been a strength and conditioning coach. I know how to get people very strong and I understand linear progression around strength. Um, I've gone to school and learned biomechanics and, and learned the, the healing side of things. And what I quickly realized is that PTs are too cautious and strength conditioning coaches are too careless and there's a gray area. So what is that gray area? It's transitionary care, right? I'm not the guy you come to for your ACL rehab. I'm the guy you come to after your ACL rehab to make sure you don't need ACL rehab again, yeah. right? So that's a long-winded answer, but I mean... I've come full circle from like massage therapy school to owning a, like owning a CrossFit massage therapy school, being an exclusively a power lifter, working in like solely rehab settings to here now, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, it's evolution, right? 
Um, and I think that's the, for me, I value growth and my identity revolves around growth and care. So I continue to create a world of care and growth. Mm-hmm. Um, now that said, I've had to learn a lot of things and fortunately a lot of those things are around neurobiology mm-hmm. and psychology, yeah. which offered me tools. Um, but I think that's where finding people like us help, right? I think that's why we do the podcast, yeah. right? Is yeah. to offer exposure to people to where they can go and they can look this information up on their own, mm-hmm. um, where they can get direction around this stuff, right? Yeah. I can't tell you how many people have DM me and I've sent them four other podcasts that aren't mine mm-hmm. on places I've gotten this information. Yeah. Kai and I would love to tell you we're geniuses and came up with the shit all on our own, no. but the reality is this our bullshit meter is pretty good. Yeah. Right. And we can see through stuff that doesn't make sense. And so if you aspire to go in this direction, great. Um, but I think my world transition was pretty huge. Not everyone has the capacity for that, nor do they have the the ability to. So bringing this all the way back, I think thinking about it in small doses becomes important, Mm -hmm. right? So like, what do I value? What do I miss? What do I need? For me, it's playing softball Tuesday night with my friends. Right, like playing in a men's softball league with a team that's fun is in a rich environment that makes me feel nostalgic enough, right, close enough to baseball to where it feels good. And so that nostalgia drives me. And so even if I worked in mortgage, I would really value playing softball. Yeah. Right. Um, for you, maybe it's puzzles, right? Maybe mm-hmm. it's golfing. Like the reality is I think it doesn't have to be an all or nothing sum. Mm-hmm. It just has to be a little bit. Yeah. Right? Take time for yourself. Yeah. value yourself value your growth if, if that's something you find important yeah I think that um, even for those people like especially during um, quarantine and everything right like people started their side businesses that they've been wanting to start forever but they just never found the time and now they the opportunity showed up and they you know capitalized on it and I think right. that can happen um, and it there doesn't need to be a quarantine, right? Right. But like you said, like just small little bits. Like if you love woodworking and then you just start filming yourself woodworking and you get, you know, a million followers on TikTok or Reels and you can create a business out of it, you can leave the job that you hate, right? Right. So I think, you know, one of the things that I learned from one of my coaches was always be curious and there's always opportunity in every single day. Right. right. And so the opportunity could be showing up on your doorstep every single day and you just don't notice because your perspective is, I have to do this job, I have to do this, I have to do that. Not looking for opportunity to make a change, to make uh, strides towards what you really want. Right? And I love that you use the word perspective there, right? Mm-hmm. So going back to that, that litmus test of can I change my world perspective or how I feel, right? I think... The thing to understand about perspective is perspective can be short-term. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be long-term, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm going to do this job for another year mm-hmm. to transition to my side hustle, Yeah. right? That perspective can make it much easier to wake up and go to work, right? Yeah. And so I think that's the thing around identity is, like, drawing perspective, I think, is the most useful and ends up being the most, um, like, electric tool mm-hmm. because... If I can have proper expectations around perspective, then my prediction and my observations start to match. Yeah. Which means I don't have somatic errors, which means I don't have as much anxiety. 
And life without anxiety is far greater, far easier to deal with yeah. than life with anxiety. And those of you that carry a lot of anxiety can really speak to that and understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, good. I think we did it. Yeah. So, uh, why the chicken cross the road? Is that what's coming? The chicken. Why the, the chicken? Chicken? No. We've got... Why... Why don't oysters donate to charity? Okay. Why? Because they're self shellfish. Wow, oh, I ruined it. Man. You'll get better at this guy, <sighs> I believe yeah. you. Uh, this is Noah at root.solution on pretty much all social media platforms. Um, and this is Kai at Control the Basics. We will see you guys next time.